0: Hey, pull up a chair, it's Hacks on Tap with David Axelrod and Mike Murphy. The president has criticized the mail-in voting process quite a bit over the last few weeks. The other day he said
1: they found a lot of ballots in a river, who is they?
0: Um, so, the, what the president was referring to are um, something that we've seen just in the last seven days, where in Wisconsin uh, there were trails of May ending up in a ditch. So I, that's, I believe, the specific he was referring to. Um, and that included we're, absentee ballots. We're, we're specifically, in this particular statement though, who is they that found those ballots? And where is this river anywhere in this country? The local authorities. It was a ditch in Wisconsin that they were found, and I can get the article to your inbox if he you like. Miss- I mean, and beyond that's that's that. If, if he misspoke, that's fine. So he meant a, 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 a ditch rather than a to. river? And you're really, you're missing the forest for the trees here. The point I is- I, I, like, I cover the, the news, and is- I like to report accurately in the news. And when the president says they found a lot of ballots in a river, I simply want to know where the river is. No, that is uh, a little sound from Thursday's White House briefing. And, and let me just say, as a uh, somebody who did that job and walked into that briefing room a lot, on the best and easiest day, that is a really, really hard job. There are about 12 TV cameras in that room, seats for 49 reporters and places to stand, and uh, one podium that's not big enough to hide behind. And um, it is an even harder job. When the person that you are briefing on behalf of is so challenged at telling the truth as our president is, it is immensely hard. And for some of those that have done it in the Trump administration, it's hazardous to their careers. It's why they've briefed so little. It's why we even had a press secretary that never entered into the White House briefing room. But it is a bit of a glimpse into the state of our politics today. It is a remarkable turn of events.
2: David, where where is the freaking river? We never found out.
0: I uh, that's gonna go down. I'll tell you something though, who we is have say some- and where is this river? <laughs>
2: we do have someone with us today who knows a lot about the ditches of in Wisconsin and he may have a clue, I don't know. Charlie Sykes from Bulwark and MSNBC and all kinds of and all kinds of other great things. Good to be with you. Good to have you. Where's Thank the you. ditch, man? Where do you think the ditch is? Have yeah, you? we we, we start- got lakes, we
1: got rivers, we got <laughs> ditches. Uh, I have I have no idea. I was I was hanging on every word. I I, I, I forget to get some local news. <laughs> I, I, that is going to go. Down. We should start asking everyone
0: that. Who is they and where yeah. is this river? <laughs> river uh, right? I just I love that immensely. <laughs> Let's just hop right in. We we're we're two days post the debate. I don't know if everyone uh, has recovered. I found very few people who have found the debate useful in any way, shape, or form. Um, what do we think two days later, we've had uh, contrition and confession from the moderator. Um, we, 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 we've, we've got a, a candidate threatening not to show up if they change the rules. Wh- where, 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 where are we? Uh, just
2: to be a little crass about it. I think Biden found it useful because he's better off today than he was a few days ago. And, you know, Trump had his chance to change the dynamic and instead he self imploded. And I think Charlie, you had a good compendium this morning in the bulwark about this, but the evidence is overwhelming that this was a, a bad trip for Donald Trump.
1: Yeah, it was a very bad trip for Donald Trump. I mean, you know, Joe Biden wasn't really sharp. Um, I don't think he necessarily won the debate, but uh, Donald Trump lost it. And, you know, I mean, again, you, you look at the polls, you look at the pundits, you look at the money that, that's coming in as a result of yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, you look at what the insiders are saying. I think it's fascinating that, it, look, if Donald Trump had done reasonably okay, he'd have all Trump world spiking the football. And you can tell they don't think that. I mean, when Rush Limbaugh is spending his whole monologue <laughs> going after Chris Wallace, I mean, when you're beating up on the moderator, you're not winning, right? See, no. this is But this is the problem. It's a, it's a hurricane of bullshit. And it takes you a while to sort of sort through, like, what just happened here? What happened? And I got to say, the people that I've talked to, even people who are, you know, Trump uh, friendly, I think they're kind of just appalled at, at what, at what they, they saw. I mean, it wasn't new from our point of view, but I think a lot of people were like, whoa.
2: Yeah. Well, your point, your point this morning, when Chris Christie, who prepped Trump, uh, is on television right after the debate saying, way too hot. That's a bad sign when your prepper goes south on you uh, right after the debate. You
0: know, Politico had the a quote from one of the big donors saying uh, just how kind of disgusted he was and how much of a, a missed opportunity it was and and you know look we, we the debate ratings were down but they you still had 75 or 73 million people that got to see that up close and uh to both of your points i don't think that was um i don't think what they saw is going to help him in any way shape or form in fact I, I think he he left that building worse off than when he went in which uh uh, is a is a hard thing to do in an electorate as deeply stable as this
1: one, and and it's not getting better as you know David says You know we're, we're 2 two news cycles or you know twenty news cycles past this, and it hasn't gotten any better. They haven't found a way to weaponize it. They're usually pretty good at this sort of thing. I mean the Trump right. folks used to be able to you know come up with a little Facebook misleading ads, and they just they just seem to be off their game here. Well, I think when when you have when you have
0: Donald Trump's own son going on CBS, trying to change one of his own answers, um, th- this is a group that, I-, I mean, regardless of the size and level of the mistake, never admits anything's wrong. And there's Donald Trump Jr. on TV saying, no, 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 my dad didn't say stand, stand back and stand by. He said stand down. He said stand down. And uh, my favorite, actually, you and I were talking about this yesterday. You know, Donald Trump is disav- says he disavowed the Proud Boys in the debate um asked afterwards the next day if he disavowed them he said he didn't know them but they should definitely stand out and i <laughs> yeah. he pre, a- he pre-disavowed them
2: <laughs> so charlie as a uh as a a, a uh, veteran of conservative talk radio and uh you've hung around with a lot of republicans um what uh, at what point do
1: people start saying how do we save ourselves here well, I, that's the actual, for the first time in a long time, I kind of get that vibe right now. It's like, how, how far are we going to go with, with this guy? Because it's, it's going to get better. I, I I have limited sympathy for them because it's like, where have you been for the last three weeks? So three years. So you're just now finding that the president's a bore. You're just now finding out that he, he can't denounce white supremacists, that he can't control his you know temper, that he's a man of low character. I mean, you're just now discovering this and it's become a matter of concern. So so I don't know. But, um, you know, you're worth what, you know, nearly 30 days out from this election. And I'm just not feeling the kind of energy from them that you would have if the if the president had done well. And, and by the way, I mean, there were so many things about that debate. I know that we're going to get into them and, you know, focusing on on the failure to denounce the white supremacists, which is now a pattern. Um, I think that there was a visceral reaction to the way that he treated Joe Biden and his two sons, that actually is, uh, and I, I'm picking this up uh, from a lot of folks, even people who are not intensely into politics, that when you're talking about your dead son and Donald Trump's lack of empathy and Biden's you know, love for his sons, that that actually hit people a lot harder than I, than I was expecting. That's the one thing that popped up when I you know we're talking about a lot of other things, but I, I'm, I'm hearing that fed back.
0: You know, I thought I was struck, too, and I didn't think about this in real time, but looking at it again and then and reading some of the comments the 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 attack on um, Hunter Biden's addiction. uh, Right. I, I, you know, or, or, you know, I think Trump has always posited himself as the protector of people that are uh, struggling and downtrodden and and to to look and see whether it's a, a mother in a suburb or a, a, a parent or a grandparent in, in rural America, lots of people know people struggling with addiction. And and to have thrown that out and, and said it like he did, um, I was amazed at, at the striking description that that has had on a lot of people as well.
1: Yeah. And then he interrupts Joe Biden talking about his dead hero son to call his other son a deadbeat. I mean, that was, that was actually a, there was a, that, that dynamic was really, I think, incredibly revealing about, you know, D- Donald Trump and what he thinks and, and his inability to be, to be empathetic. So, you know, guys like me, I love, I'm looking at the policy, what they're actually saying, but, uh, I, I think that that, that, that hit people at a visceral level.
2: Yeah. And I, I don't want to be, I mean, I don't want to invite calls and letters, uh, about, you know, around gender and all that, but, um, I'll just say my colleague Gloria Borger on uh, CNN that night said, you know, there are a lot of moms, you know, who heard that and uh, saw that. And uh, and this guy's got a a ginormous uh, gender gap uh, as it is so the the question really we we've been through the debate we we've all we know that that happened. I thought it was the last best chance that Trump had to kind of change the dynamic in this thing, but what happens now? What do you do now if you're sitting over there uh and you're you're the you know you're trying to figure out for Trump what the next move is? How do you change the dynamic
1: here? I'll kick that over to Robert. I- <laughs>
0: I was gonna say there's uh this is Jeff where you should uh, put in a little sound of crickets um yeah <laughs> I I think it's a good question and I don't know what the answer is because I think a lot of people thought you know the first 30 minutes of the first debate would set the tone for the next several weeks and um and I, I don't know what you do I, I I I mean look I will say I'm I think we should be braced for the next 33 days. I I went back and listened to the last five minutes of that debate, that last question on voting. Um, By the way, I can remind people, that debate was as bad as you thought it was. I watched the last five minutes, and it's as jarring as any five minutes. But I, I thought those last five minutes were just ominous and dark. And the notion of... Hey, go, go watch the polls, go figure out if people are cheating, go, um, I mean, it invites voter intimidation. It invites lots of, um, I think lots of bad things from happening. I don't know strategically what you do. There's, they don't have any money. Uh, they're pulling ads down in, in big swing States. They're finding a lot more States are, are toss up States. And, uh, I don't think there's many more chances to, to change that direct trajectory of the things that you could not have predicted,
2: the fact that Joe Biden has a yawning resource advantage over Donald Trump going down the stretch in this campaign is is really extraordinary. And I mean, in part, it's a function of the way money is raised today online, uh, and he has benefited uh, from that. But um, the fact that that Trump uh, finds himself uh, struggling right now. And what it means is that Biden can go and play in places that, uh, you know, put Trump on defense in places where Trump, uh, should, should feel secure so he can go and play some offense somewhere. Uh, it, it you know, and they are, they're trying in Minnesota. That's where he was yesterday. They're trying in Nevada. Uh, but you know, those are very long shots in my view at this point. Um, you know, so, but on the subject of uh, voter intimidation, how about that? How about that shit down in, uh, in 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 Texas today?
1: Oh, God.
0: Yeah. For people just catch them up. You probably have heard you'll hurt. Hear, have heard it by now. But the governor has announced that each county and that there's 254 of them in Texas. Each county will have exactly one drop off space uh, location for for ballots. And so if you're keeping track, um, Harris County uh, is where Houston is. Uh, It is about 60% bigger in landmass than Rhode Island. It has 4.6 million people. And there will be exactly one place to drop off your ballot. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to be a political genius to
2: figure out the fact that if large urban counties have the same number of drop-off boxes as small rural counties, that, that is not fair. (laughs) <laughs> that is not just. And I've got to believe that if they haven't gone to court already, then there would be a bunch of folks in court about this. But, you know, what does it say about the approach to the election, which is how many people can we keep from voting?
1: Well, that's what that is what it does say about the election. Look, I, I'm one of these guys who'd spent the last, what, you know, decades saying, you know, no, 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 Republicans are not about voter suppression. Those are overblown, really. Of course, we, we you know, favor, uh, we just want to uh, preserve the integrity of the ballot box. And it's like, you, you read a story like that and you go F me. I mean, it's like they just pulled the mask off and said, let's not even pretend. Obviously, we want to make it as hard as possible to, to vote. And it's the lack of pretense they it, it, it keep moving the window where they go, no, we wouldn't do that. we're never doing that no, we're not actually doing that like oh to screw it. yes, that's exactly what we're doing. We're gonna make it as hard as possible to vote. I don't know about you guys. I kept looking all the afternoon for some sort of a rational defense for what Governor Abbott is doing down in Texas I mean what what is there some logistical problem that we don't know about or no, I think it's just it's just naked and to your point, we're like we're 30 days out from this election and rather than expanding this basis they're they're going to the darkest corners you know maybe this is red meat but it it's got to be red meat for the the reddest of the of the folks out there i i just you know we keep talking about does this appeal to suburbanites is it going to get the suburbs back uh is it who does this appeal to
0: well and in the notion that look i i i think whenever you're doing this kind of stuff you you don't exact, you're not exactly leading with the uh with the idea that you're winning the race and you know, this is Texas. This isn't, you know, I mean, you know, God only knows what will happen in, in a place like Florida. That's a legitimate swing state with a Republican governor. But when you have, uh, when you're shutting this down in Texas, it doesn't exactly, you're not exactly exuding confidence that, uh, that a, a state that, that is normally quite red, uh, is, is headed to some potentially headed to somebody else's corner. And, you know, to combine a couple of discussions that we've had, the type of money that Biden's raising, you know, he said that the campaign today has said they will exceed with, when you add in the numbers with the democratic party, they'll exceed the $365 million they raised in August to David's point of just all the money that's, that's swimming in here. All of a sudden you can put a lot more States in play, you know, a, okay. a, a 30 or $50 million investment in a long shot like Texas, all of a sudden becomes plausible. Yeah. Well, I'd start with Ohio, I mean,
2: you look at those polls yeah. and they're, they've been consistently, uh, encouraging, uh, to Biden. It's a lot of markets. Um, but you know, you can, you can spend strategically there and, and really make a difference. So, um, but yeah, I, I, I mean, this is not something that I, uh, it's not something that I anticipated and, um, uh, you know, I, I, it's another strategic issue for uh
0: for the Trump folks Ohio also is another one of these states that's going to count their ballots that counts their ballots ahead of time so another you know you, you've heard us on this uh, podcast and, and other places talk about Florida knowing those results on election night the, the same is true for a place like Ohio so again yeah. another early indication or indication at least uh, you know by sometime fairly late in the night but an early indication of 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 where this this election uh, is headed
1: well, and, and and just sort of like a different perspective on on that last five minutes of the debate and what they're doing in Texas. It, it's it's Trump is clearly signaling that that he is you know that he wants more chaos that he's associating himself with this, and so I think a lot of people are looking at this. It's very very stressful. They want it to be over, and the president you know calling out his 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 people to be at the at the ballot box just kind of reinforces that. Things are bad, and if you want the shitstorm to continue, you know, let's have another four years of all of that. And I, I keep thinking that one of the major dynamics of this election is: can you take four more years of this? Oh, there's yeah. An ex- there's just an exhaustion, and Donald Trump was exhausting the other night, and he's promising more of that. And wow. I think that that's also, you know, again, you know, think about what what most presidents do when they're running for reelection. They're they're presenting a you know, vision for, they're going to talk about all the wonderful things they've done, right? But also like the next four years are going to be fantastic, right? Donald Trump is not even talking about the next four years anymore. And, and, and it's, it's, it's hard to see past the, the disruption that he's sort of calling for. That is something I wish that Biden had done. He
2: he may have a chance in the next, couple but to turn to the country and say this is it this is what we've experienced for four years and you got to ask yourself can we do four more years like this yeah yeah
1: exactly
2: and i think that would be i think a lot of people would find themselves sort of thinking about it and shaking their heads and saying no uh, i don't i don't think uh i I don't think we can do uh four more years of this so i want to raise robert i wanted to raise um you know you mentioned all this money um Nancy Pelosi, who's always thinking right strategically, uh, there is an issue that people don't realize that if this were a tie race, and there are scenarios that would make it a tie race, it would go to the House of Representatives. And I think the assumption is, well, Democrats control the House, Biden would be president. That's not actually how it works, uh, you know, uh, under the uh, uh, under the Constitution. It it, it you would have. Uh, each state casting a vote based on the majority of their representatives and uh, 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 in, in that state. Um, and there, that right now, even though Democrats have the majority in the House, the Republicans have the majority of uh, delegations. So uh, Pelosi is taking this windfall of cash that Democrats are getting. And she is, uh, and she is channeling it toward those States toward marginal races in those States where they can take over the majority of the delegation as a safeguard against, uh, Trump winning. That's another thing that money can do for you. But I don't think people recognize what, what a, what a shit show that would be if the thing went to the house.
0: You're just trying to send everybody right over the edge 33 days in that you're going to predicting a tie of some sort.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Got to read up on the election of 1824 now. You know, I mean, you think 1876 was bad. I mean, we're going to be doing this kind of nerd stuff. We've thought a lot about the White House.
0: We think a lot about these Senate races, but I don't think we probably have spent enough time thinking through what are the dynamics in some of these House races. I think everyone just assumes in in a year in which Democrats are likely to do pretty well, they're going to hold a majority and you sort of don't think that much about it as you much differently than you did in 2018 when the house was kind of up for grabs.
2: But you know, she's hunting for, she's hunting for uh, seats in in, in places like Alaska and Montana, you know, uh, she wants to tip the Michigan delegation. It's, it's pretty interesting. And by the way, that scenario, yes, it, it sounds far fetched, but, um, you know, Trump won by 200 and, uh, I'm sorry, he won by 36 electoral votes. If he won, you know, the, the, if he, I forget how to do the math. I, I can tell you, I've written down somewhere, how you land on 269 to 269. And it's not totally implausible that that could, that that could happen. But um, it does feel like if you were betting, you'd bet more on the uh, side of Biden overperforming than than Trump than a tie or or, uh, or, or Trump, uh, uh, you know, winning the race right
0: now, right now. So, sort of as we get out of this discussion on the debate, the the and I tweeted a little bit about this the night of the debate. Should I because, thought I thought we got out of the discussion on the debate. Well, I'm just I'm getting us back into it. Oh, I time. see. You're Sorry. back again, so we can get out a different way. I am. I just let's go out this door. Um, <laughs> no, I tweeted about this the night of the debate. I mean, I, I was appalled at, at how this debate was executed. And I don't I don't disagree. I won't get into the long Chris Wallace conversation, but I'm not entirely sure that anybody could have corralled Donald Trump yeah. adequately. But, yeah, I agree with that. But the commission, the commission, I think rightly, has come out and said they're going to make some changes. We don't know what those changes are. We're going to hear about them presumably in the next 24 to 48 hours. Do, do you all think that, is there anything they can do?
2: I don't know what they're going to do, but the fact that they just brought on Taser as a sponsor of the next debate uh, tells me that uh, what they're thinking. Yeah, I agree with you, uh, Robert. I I mean, uh, or maybe you're agreeing with me because I've said this uh, elsewhere. But, um, you know, this was a train wreck. But I don't know if you're Chris Wallace, how you stop a runaway train. And that's what Donald Trump was. Uh, And, you know, now he came out against I was for I said while the debate was going on, that they should be able to kill the mics. Uh, but uh, uh, Wallace was, uh, he was dark on that. He didn't think that was a very effective, Trump would have just kept on talking anyway. Um, and it would have looked, uh, it, it would have looked heavy handed. Charlie, I saw you nodding your head on that.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I... You know, I've, I've moderated debates before, and so I really was kind of putting myself in Chris Wallace's shoes. If, if you have somebody like Donald Trump who is going to violate every single rule and will keep talking, what are you going to do? Short of cutting off the microphone, and then that wouldn't work either because, of course, then the president becomes, you know, the martyr, right? You know, um, that's not going to be very effective. But the next debate, what is a town hall meeting, right? Yeah, yeah. which
2: I think has a, that is a self-limiting kind of format. Yeah, if exactly, if right? Trump behaves on, in,
0: in a town hall format the
1: way yeah. he behaved,
2: here i think he gets deep trouble
0: yeah it's one thing to yell at chris wallace and and ignore him if if you know joe undecided voter or linda undecided voter gets up and and he's belligerent i do think there but i i i I don't know what the commission can do i think depending on the self-policing of donald trump is a um, uh not a not a place i might want to lay a lot of betting chips
1: well, though this this whole debate, though, you can already tell that you know Trump is saying that he's not going to allow any change of the rules. Um, this gives him, if he doesn't want to go to the debate, this gives him an out if he wants right. to do it. Um, what he most wants to do is make something else the issue, right. right? That oh, this is how they're beating up on me; or they're being unfair to me. I'm the victim here. This feeds the grievance uh, agenda. He will he, he will max that out.
2: Yeah, well, but you know what? I would flip the script on him if he does that, and I would, and if I were Biden, I would say, look, I'm fine with any rules. If the president is is uncomfortable, if he feels like he'd be, you know, at a yeah. disadvantage, uh, then go with the rules that you know. Let's not change the rules. We'll just we'll just go ahead. I don't want him right. to feel like he 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 he's vulnerable or you know. I think it would drive Trump nuts, honestly. Yeah,
0: and yeah. and and look, I I think if the commission came out with a rule that said Donald Trump had to wear a, a pink bunny costume, he he's going to be there, right? Seventy three million people glued to their television watching him perform. Uh, he'll clear his schedule.
1: Remember, though, he he didn't show up for that uh, one of the debates back in 2016. Yeah, he got no. mad at Fox News. That's, he yes. boycotted, and then he had his own rally with raise money for veterans. Yeah. So, you know, he might be thinking, you know, the media is having its thing, and I'm going to be over here with wounded veterans. So I, I agree with you that, you know, I would say, you know, 80, you know, 80 out of 100 chance, he's definitely going to show up. But, you know, in the back of Donald Trump's head, there's always the well, maybe I can make myself the victim and then I can create something that I can control. And, and yeah. that, that that was the thing about yes. the debate is, you know, he's way out of his comfort zone.
2: I never know what's in the back of his head because it's always covered by that thatched uh, uh, roof. Yeah. But, uh, but and, you know, I, I yes, he, he is a, he's P.T. Barnum and he'll want to convert, uh, if he can convert into something that he thinks is, is better for him. Uh, I wonder if they would... Um, I wonder if they would uh, uh, have Biden uh, do a town hall um, absent Trump and broadcast uh, that. I don't know if anybody would watch it, but, but, you know, I would think that they would have an obligation if Biden showed up. You know, we had a situation back in 2008. You'll remember the first debate was happening in the midst of the financial collapse of Mm -hmm. Lehman Brothers and John McCain. Uh, left open until the last day whether he was going to come to the debate because he thought that we should be working on a uh, on a solution and you'll remember robert that obama's offered to say well i'll just come and do a town hall meeting if mccain doesn't want to come and showed up so you know i think if i'm biden that's what i'm doing i'm showing up i'm doing a town hall um i think trump is i just the you know, the idea that Donald Trump would pass on e- even if it's not 75 million people you know it's just irresistible to him to uh to have an audience of that uh of that size i think he'll show up the question is how does he handle a town hall because he didn't do that well when abc had one a couple of weeks ago because town halls require connection with people empathy uh you know these are not i don't know if you guys have been watching this but these are not strong suits of Donald Trump <laughs> <laughs> so um i you know i don't even know i mean I, it'll
0: be interesting to see how he prepares for such a thing
1: does he prepare at all my,
0: yeah and my favorite was i, I don't know there's this story bouncing around i think it was also a politico story last night where some um, donors and staffers uh really hoping that he was going to change and just be a totally different person. (laughs) That's the pivot. How how did that possibly get past an editor? Right. We're like, we're deep into like year five of the Trump experiment. And we think like all of a sudden, you know, that's the moment he's going to, going to become presidential. David, you mentioned, um, the before we get, before we leave
2: debates, Robert, Wait a minute. I thought we were. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I just want to ask you guys, because there's an intervening debate, which is the the vice presidential debate. And it sounds like, you know, I was struck at the Republican convention that Pence uh, gave sort of the presidential speech at the Republican convention the night before Trump accepted the uh, presidential nomination. And, um, you know, and he he hit all the themes in the way that you'd actually want your candidate to hit. The Themes. I, I expect he's going to come here and do the things that people want, were hoping Trump would do in the other debate, you know, and focus on the economy, try and uh, force uh, uh, Senator Harris to defend her own voting record and uh, impute her voting record to Biden's. But he'll do it at, like
0: a velvet hammer, you know, and not the the sort of as a blowhard. I thought his speech at the convention was. was- quite good and quite effective. And I do wonder, I mean, look, I think on one side of it, you think, is everybody going to have such uh, amazing bad feelings from this debate that they're just like, I'm done with all of this. I just, I want the circus to leave town, right? (laughs) Charlie just, Charlie raised his hand. He's, uh, he's, uh, he's got a window seat on the next uh, train out. Um, But I do wonder, you know, you could actually see like, okay, this is what we sort of expected this debate to be like with, around these issues, right? Because I think Kamala Harris is, is, a, is a quite effective debater. We've seen that before. And, and I think Pence will make a, a strong case for the Trump side of this. I, I think it'll be fascinating to see what the audience is like and, and whether or not, you know, if you, if you are an undecided voter, does that help you make your mind up?
1: Okay, so Trump is going to hate this. Trump, Trump is going to hate this yeah. debate because yeah. you know what the spin's going to be. Like, yeah. why couldn't Trump be more like Mike Pence? Because yeah. Mike Pence, I mean, has been a stiff you know, and a potted plant as vice president. But don't forget, um, he used to be a radio talk show host. He's yes. actually pretty good at this. He's, he's actually... There's no better for a,
2: anything, Charlie, right? than being a radio I, well, talk I'm, show I'm, I'm,
1: I'm, I'm biased about this. But, you know, so, you know, he's... When he's not a toady, he actually, you know, right. pr- you know can be pretty good. Uh, so, and, you know, Kamala Harris has her, you know... A little, I, look, I, I'm just thinking that there's going to be a lot of commentary going, boy, wouldn't it be great... Um, If these two are at the top of the ticket rather than those other two guys and Biden will be able to brush that off. It will just it'll 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 grind. He may
2: get so pissed that he'll fire him as head of the uh, coronavirus task force. (laughs) So that could be his punishment.
1: Uh, That could be a mean
2: tweet.
0: He's interviewing food tasters uh, as we (laughs) speak. It's uh, you know,
2: um, I do think and maybe I said this on the I can't remember what I said in the middle of the night when we were doing the post-debate show because I was bleary-eyed. But, uh, but um, you know, I-, I think this is a big trap for Harris. I think it's really, really dangerous because of what you guys said. You know, she's a senator. She's a good debater, prosecutor, and all of that stuff. It is fundamentally different to, uh, you know, being in a presidential debate is so— a vice presidential debate uh, is so different than— asking questions at a Senate hearing, uh, or even prosecuting a case. And, you know, because of, uh, se- se- frankly, sexism, uh, how you go after, uh, Pence and how you respond to him gets treated differently. Uh, you know, and, uh, and you're there, you're not there representing yourself. You're there representing, uh, Biden. And so there is this issue of, well, what about where your record and his record and your comments about him? And, you know, it's, it's very, very complicated. And so f- because of expectations, and because of all of that, um, I, I, think, I think she's got the harder task. Now, Pence has to defend Donald Trump. So that has its own problems. Uh, I'm not suggesting it's any. Any uh, day at the beach for him, but she's got to manage the expectations game really well here, Um, or or you
1: know, or Pence could surprise people. So I have a question for you guys. What what was the highlight of the Mike Pence Tim Kaine debate? I don't (laughs) even remember it. No,
2: here's what I here's what I remember about the Mike (laughs) Mike Pence Tim Kaine debate. Kaine was prepped to come in very aggressively. And to bring the, to prosecute to prosecute uh, Trump uh, and uh, and Cain first of all is not he doesn't have that attack dog nature and so he didn't look very good doing it. But uh, Pence was very artful at um, at navigating it. And I don't remember any particular moments, but what I remember is the and I, I love Tim Cain. I think Tim Cain is an outstanding person and and a great an honorable public official. But I remember thinking uh, in the middle of that thing, you know, Pence was, you know, because Kane was playing a role he wasn't comfortable with. And Pence was just so um, preternaturally calm, you know?
1: Yeah. No, Pence is going to surprise. Yeah. He he is unflappable. I think people will be surprised um, at, um, you know, at, at how, at how well he does. I don't think it makes any difference at all.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, someone said to me, well, maybe she should just throw something at him. And I thought, you know, he, what would happen? He would just smile and shake his head <laughs> and go on. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's, you know, so, um, I think that there's a pretty good reason to believe that of the four debates, this one will go the best for Trump.
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Because
2: he's not in it.
1: Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely,
0: um, but that does tell you something.
1: That's an easy one. Yeah,
0: yeah. You mentioned a little bit about John McCain and the economy. I'm going to use that as a segue, just for a quick conversation of, you, you know, the last jobs report comes out Friday morning. The last jobs report before the election. Before the election. Sorry, uh, they haven't shut down the Department of Labor yet. Um, <laughs> we're we're seeing still Disney laid off 28,000 people, airlines furloughing and 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 getting rid of a lot of people because. Nobody's flying airplanes. Uh, nobody's riding yeah, them. Tens of thousands. Yeah. And it doesn't look like we're going to have a new stimulus. And, and, you know, if you looked at the new unemployment claims now, seven plus months into this, the the number of unemployment claims, new ones, would be greater today than they were the worst week of the Great Recession. So this is we're still seeing lots of hemorrhaging job loss, but we're not going to see probably a new stimulus unless it gets done sometime tomorrow before the House leaves for really the rest of uh, this election year. What kind of gamble is each side taking, given uh, the economic pain that I think a lot of people are still very much feeling? Uh, what, What kind of risk are they taking heading into this season without more help?
1: I'm actually kind of amazed that Donald Trump hasn't pushed the Republicans to make a deal. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, a, yeah, a stimulus exactly. package is in his interest, overwhelmingly in his interest. In fact, this, the smart play at this point would be for Donald Trump to just take anything the republic the Democrats have, just accept it and say it's his idea, you know, just so, that, just so the checks go out, just so it looks like he's doing something about it. So that's, that's, a, that's really quite remarkable um, that, that he hasn't used his cloud to, you know, to, to get that stimulus package.
2: He did tweet sometime in the last few weeks that he thought, he uh, that, that, that Republicans should be more generous. And, uh, but I think there's real, real resistance. I mean, I thought he could roll his, his, uh, delegation, but there, uh, there is real resistance in the Republican Senate, uh, to, uh, to the, to the package and they don't want to help state and local governments and number of other things in there. And uh, I think McConnell has sort of dug in on it. Uh, You know, the question, the question is like you saw there were house members who uh, from swing districts who were, uh, who were uh, worried about uh, this and they were pressuring Pelosi. And I, I don't know. um, I frankly, I've been out of pocket. In fact, I was, doing a speech today and someone asked me about this and i said what you said charlie which is boy i'll tell you what it's really in trump's interest to get this done so i figured he'll roll them and then uh, i got out of the speech and i'm I'm told the thing fell apart so it was was it's kind of surprising but um you know pelosi has come down in her bid and i and i wonder if they're going to take a vote on uh on the package that they were willing to pass to say hey we we came down, we made a good faith effort, and they and they left town, and they didn't want to do it.
0: Well, the the, the house is going to vote today on that, and I think you're right. I think they're they're. I mean, look, everybody, if you're not going to have it, and I agree with, with with both of you. I mean, I'm I'm surprised a deal didn't get done. Um, I, I just thought there's a lot at stake, and and a lot that uh, could be could a lot in the economy that could be helped by some stimulus. Uh, But there's no doubt everybody's going to try to get their political house in order before those planes take off for a home in the last, you know, four and a half weeks before the election.
2: It'll be interesting to see if anything gets taken up in the lame duck or whether this is left on Biden's doorstep. Because there's a lot of wreckage that needs to be repaired out there. And you're just deferring here. But, yeah, I was really surprised by that. I thought, you know, Donald Trump likes nothing better than deliverables. I mean, so
0: wanting I figured he'd want to hand. Uh, oh yeah. Well, you know. well, he's putting letters in food boxes from food banks. So I would have assumed that we we we'd, you'd they'd actually want to put some real stuff in this. Charlie, we we've got you for a few more minutes, and uh, we would be incredibly remiss if we didn't uh, pick your brain on uh, the state that everybody is still staring at uh, and have been really since the moment uh, it was announced in 2016, Alaska.
2: Other. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Could be. Sorry, I got, I got confused there. Sorry.
0: Uh, what do you see? How does it feel? Is is something building that we don't know? Walk us through what you see in Wisconsin.
1: Well, okay, As, as everything is always going to be very, very close here. Um, so the polls that we're seeing right now, um, I guess I'm, I'm – I'm a little bit skeptical that about the polls that show that Biden's up by 10 points because nobody wins Wisconsin by 10 points. Right. And as, as David knows, I was really worried after the Kenosha uh, the riots that this was going to backfire. Um, the, the Democrats have got a very good ground game here, but they have a very, very weak governor, and he didn't handle that all that well. So um, I thought there was a real danger that that could turn. And I think that you were getting anecdotal evidence that it was working, not necessarily in the suburbs but in, you know, small, white, you know, blue-collar towns. Um, that appears not to be the case. Um, that seems to have moved on, although, you know, it, there's, there's a lot of buzz about this. Look, um, w- Wisconsin is, is, is actually a relatively simple issue. It's, you know, are the Democrats it going to turn out in the numbers that they, you know, need to turn out? Uh, I keep coming back to that number, that Donald Trump won Wisconsin, but he got fewer votes than Mitt Romney got four years earlier. So if Democrats turn out in the numbers that they turned out for Barack Obama, if they turn out for the, in the numbers they, they did in the, in the uh, midterm 2018, Biden should win. The one variable that I just need to throw out on the table is that if you talk to Republicans in Wisconsin, they still think that Trump can win here based on the level of enthusiasm. And the Republican base here is totally locked in on Trump and they are very jazzed up. So that, that's that's the case. I just happen to think that that base is not big enough to win in a, in a, in a high turnout uh, presidential race. But their level of engagement is very, very high. Um, all of the uh, elected officials that opposed Trump four years ago are completely on board right now. So that's the one variable that um, again, if you know, if on election night Trump wins Wisconsin, you know it will be an enthusiasm issue.
2: Yeah. Well, one question about that, and this is the sort of the magic, the magic formula theory of this, is about all the uh, the, the people who were not uh, who who were eligible and did not vote, uh, white non-college voters. I think in Wisconsin, the number was like 870,000. It's a big number. Yeah. So my question is 872,000 is what I have here. But uh, if they didn't vote last time, um, are they more inclined to vote this time? I mean, last time with Hillary Clinton on the ballot and so on, I mean, the idea that these folks in large numbers are going to be motivated in a way they weren't before and presumably they'd be showing up in some right. form or fashion in polling. Um, but do you see signs that I mean, I don't know if, how you would, but I mean, you travel in those circles do you do you see signs of 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 this bubbling up from the grassroots of of uh, inactive voters now coming to the polls for Trump?
1: We don't know, of course. I mean you know that's that's the thing about non-voters is they tend not to vote. that's why you know yeah, but hence the um, name. I I do get a lot of emails from people in Northwestern and Western Wisconsin, and they are seeing literal signs that uh, that that those areas, those rural areas, are just blanketed with Trump signs. Now, I, I don't necessarily know what that means, whether that's a sign of bubbling up, but if you're a Biden supporter in much of rural Wisconsin, you're looking around and you're going, "What's what's happening here?" And so there's a lot of there's a little bit of a freak out there. So, um, in in terms of are there shy Trump voters? I also think there may be some shy Biden voters. Because I agree if you, if, with if, this. If you Charlie, live in the I think if you're a Biden supporter, you're keeping. A, see here in Wisconsin, the Trump voters are with the big flags going back and forth the boat parades and everything. They are in your face. Um, the Biden voters, I think, are going to be a little bit more reticent. So, well, I have mm-hmm.
2: uh, I have uh, friends, in you know, I have a place in rural Michigan. I have a, uh, okay. friends uh, who who are for Biden but won't put signs up. Yeah, because they oh, no, they don't want to be they don't yeah. want to be hassled they don't want to be socially unacceptable uh, uh, to their neighbors. I also wonder. I mean, the idea of uh, the two words that really I have a hard time calculating are shy or or linking shy and Trump. Uh, I mean, these Trump voters don't
1: seem very reticent to me. Not at all. They are no. They are very. It's very aggressive. In fact, um, I have a little lake place just a little bit north of here. And one of the neighbors was was out with his, you know, his little motorboat with a big red Trump flag. And he kept going back and forth and back and forth. And I said to my wife, I said, this is not a shy Trump voter. I mean, <laughs> Yeah, I just, you know,
2: I don't I don't think that I think if you were were a Trump voter and you're going to vote for Biden, I could see where you'd be hesitant to
1: necessarily yeah, no.
2: say that. So we'll see. But you know, right now, you know, the polling average in Wisconsin as of this morning seven-point lead, which is really surprising to me I, I, at this point in the campaign.
1: And, and the latest development, of course, he was the uh, Trump was planning to come here to Wisconsin had, had for to Green cancel. Bay and, and, and La Crosse and had to cancel because we have the coronavirus hotspots. Now, that's something that is a completely new development here because we really hadn't been hit very hard. And the Republicans here were very, very hardcore in opposing everything that Governor Evers is doing uh, to fight the coronavirus. I mean, they went all in on all of that. Uh, and now suddenly it's uh, it's blossoming in some of the key areas of the state, you know, including Green Bay, Brown County. That area is, you know, r- really, you know, crucial. And uh, so, I, I, again, that's a that's a that's a wild card. But I thought it was very interesting that Trump backed off. I think he understood that if he came here, that 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 would be the story. Right. That he's coming in the middle of the. Hot well, he was asked and, you know, by both the yeah.
2: governor and the mayor. Right. Uh, in La Crosse, not to not to come. Yeah. uh because of this and so you know i think they probably realized as you say yeah. wouldn't be a good story so charlie you got to do tv huh we gotta I, let you go I, i'm afraid i, did, yeah. I think msnbc right.
1: is calling literally yeah but this that w- they won't be as interesting as this so <laughs> <laughs> well so, will you come back
2: brother anytime good to see uh, yeah. you and everybody should please read do. the bulwark it's really good it's very Thank interesting you. and i'm i say that as someone who uh does not come from the republican side of the equation, but, uh, it's, it's really well done and thoughtful and informative. So
0: good work, Charlie.
1: All and right. we'll, we'll see you soon. So. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: David, let me ask you this question. It comes uh, from Raymond. Uh, and it says, I'm starting to grow concerned by how the media is introducing judge Barrett to the public, especially if it's indicative of the way Democrats will approach her nomination process. Why demonize her Catholicism in a majority Christian and 20% Catholic country? Can you touch on the potential electoral downsides?
2: Yeah. No, look, you know, I honestly, I mean, this was a consideration, I think, of the Republicans. I thought there was some political logic to nominating uh, the, the Judge Lagoa from uh, Florida, Cuban-American. And in explaining uh, this, first of all, Barrett was the overwhelming choice of the sort of right-wing conservative legal community she was she is very much favored by the uh, anti abortion uh, community anti choice community uh, but uh, one of the things that uh, you hear from some of the trump folks is you know if they go after her on this abortion issue around the issue of faith uh, that could galvanize some Catholic voters. And and right now, Biden, who is Catholic, is winning among Catholics. Trump won among Catholics last time. I think that's one of the reasons why Democrats are going to go more aggressively. Not that choice isn't going to be an issue. I think they'll be careful about how they do that, not to trip that wire. And they're going to go more aggressively with her on her position on the Affordable Care Act and the fact that she wants to do away with that, because that is that is center cut issue for Joe Biden, and you navigate around the the, the cultural divides. Now, Warren has a question that he's been thinking of just for you. Picking up on the points you made at the end of the debate special about the potential for armed supporters to take to the streets when he loses and won't accept it, I'm sorry, for armed Trump supporters, what might the GOP do? I guess he means GOP officials. Will they back democratic and constitutional norms and tell Trump to s- stand his people down or do they go along with the aggrieved stolen election narrative to undermine Biden and any
0: democratic senate majority yeah Warren it's a good question and and I think there's a couple of different ideas here you, you obviously posit your question about what happens kind of post vote i'm 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 growing a lot more concerned about what happens before the votes are cast i think uh i, I think Trump having called his supporters out to be poll watchers, uh, I think this call to arms to the proud boys uh, is, you know, is very worrisome that that there's going to be much, much more active vociferous voter intimidation like we haven't seen in a long time. Uh, And I don't think you'll see many Republicans say much there because I think Republicans have kind of gone along uh, with this uh, and they're going to go along with it until the end. If something were to happen, though, I think after the votes are cast, uh, I think there there is a chance, particularly if it appears as if Trump has indeed lost, uh, that you will begin to see Republicans try to get back on the right side of history. I, I think it'll be too late for them to get back on the right side of history, but it might be just in time for them to do something uh, for the good of the country. So I, I'm hopeful. I know it's it, it has been a fool's errand for four years to bet on uh, other Others in the Senate or in the House or in the leadership of the Republican Party to get Donald Trump back into um, a rhythm of normality, Uh, but I think the vote, particularly if it looks like he's lost, uh, might be just that opportunity.
2: I'm hoping a that we don't that it doesn't come to that. And
0: this, you know,
2: there are there have been a lot of times in the last uh, four years when you said, "Gee, I hope that they will step up," Um, but this. This is a fundamental definitional issue for our democracy, and um, I don't know what they'll do, but I I have to believe some portion of the Republican Party will stand up, you know, as they've been discomfited by his comments on the Proud Boys that will stand up to vigilantism. But, you know, I I just I'm hoping that uh, we don't have to confront that issue. Can I ask you one more question? Yeah.
0: Who is they? And where is this river?
2: Yeah, I don't know. It's apparently in Pennsylvania or Wisconsin. We're still <laughs> hunting it down, but some egregious things are happening there that underscore this uh, massive voter fraud uh, problem that nobody can can exactly uh, identify.
0: So, to our listeners, Dave and I are committing to report back uh, the next time this broadcast airs uh, to try On to find where out they're
2: where they're what's Yeah.
0: We're going to endeavor to find out who is who is they and where this river is. Last call. Last call. So, Robert, you and I both were part of a uh, of a really
2: extraordinary period in our history, which was this F F-PAC review uh, back in two thousand and uh, and nine about uh, Afghanistan policy, and um, and we were there uh, when the president. I think people don't realize how unhappy he was to have to do this. ended up, uh, firing, uh, general McChrystal, who was the commander, uh, there of forces there, um, because some of his staff had said (coughs) derisive things about vice president Biden, who was opposed to expanding, uh, the American footprint, uh, in Afghanistan. And, um, you know, I've had a chance to have several conversations with Stan McChrystal, McChrystal over time, just an extraordinary uh, person. Uh, and I remember the day when he got, uh, fired or relieved of his, his command. And, uh, the president called us all in. I don't know if you remember this and said, I don't want anybody gloating about this. This is a bad day. A, a good man just left this office, uh, and, uh, who, whose career, uh, has, uh, Effectively ended, um, and it is a sad day. Um, well, today, after all of that, uh, General McChrystal endorsed Joe Biden for president, uh, which will surprise a lot of people. But it doesn't surprise me, not uh, because they may have had some differences over policy. It doesn't. Uh, it, it what the, the McChrystal struck, strikes me as a person passionately, deeply cares about this country and the institutions of our democracy. So um, some people will be surprised to see that headline. I'm not.
0: Yeah. I I remember, uh, David, um, I was in my office and somebody interrupted a meeting and said, uh, you know, there's a story I think you really need to read. And I said, well, can we wait until the meeting's over? And the person said, no, no, I think you need to read this now. And I read the story, and it was the Rolling Stone interview you were talking about. Um, And I went to see Rom, and I told Rom, and uh, I picked up the phone in Rom's office and called the president upstairs who was in the residence having uh, dinner with his family and walked that article over to him. And uh, he read it at the bottom floor of the White House and looked at me and said, "Uh, can you get who's left and I'll meet you in the Oval Office in 10 minutes? And uh, we had a long discussion that night he called McChrystal back, and as you said, I, I think there's nothing, no doubt in my mind that General McChrystal loves this country and loved serving this country, and and has continued to have a distinguished career in, in writing books on leadership and building and academia, teams. yeah, and yeah. teaching. And I, I I, uh, I, I, you know, he he's a he is a uh, he's a patriot in every sense of the word. So also uh,
2: also cares about the institution of the military, which is why yeah. he understood that he he needed to. do what he did then
0: it's a remarkable you've seen this remarkable outpouring of people that you either didn't expect to uh former rnc chair mark roscoe of montana uh said he'd vote for joe biden this week so uh yeah it's uh it's an interesting time that we live in uh there are a lot of norms being shattered and some of them are who you might think would normally line up for uh the republican or the democratic candidate yeah not a normal election not a normal time good to see you brother Go find a lamp, man. Go turn on some lights. Yeah, I know. I'm sitting in the dark. (laughs) Talk to you later. Bye, buddy.